You need winners? Let the sports advisor show you how to make money. General Manager Al DeMarco, a former sports reporter and contributor on Fox Sports, MSNBC, and Comcast Sports TV, brings over 25 years of handicapping experience to the table. CEO Steve Budin, the author of Bets, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, is the man responsible for creating the sports betting industry. Together, they are the Sports Advisors, your number one source for winners. Week number 13 of the NFL season, and the one game everybody wants to talk about, it's that rematch of the AFC Championship till a year ago, the Chiefs and the Bengals. We are going to break it down every which way but loose, plus all your other complimentary plays for this week's action. Hi, everyone. Al DeMarco here along with Steve Gooden. But guys, first, I want to bring up something. You know, Steve, ever since it became so mainstream for the mainstream media to start talking about gambling because they realized a few years ago, it's like, hey, this is a way we can add money to our coffers. It's amazing how much bad information is out there. And for you, a guy that created the offshore sports book industry some almost 15, 18 years ago, and for me, a guy who has been in this industry for over 25 years after spending the first 10 years of my career as a guy that was in the mainstream media, as a reporter, as a managing editor for a national sports wire service. It's amazing how much bad information is out there. The latest example, I'm on ESPN earlier today, and I read this. The last four years, eventual playoff teams covered over 55% of the time in weeks 13 to 18, 59% last season. What the hell does that mean? Well, 50, 50% is a, 55% is a loser. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, what, what good does that do you? Al, the big difference uh, between you, who's worked as a journalist uh, on TV, on radio, in print, and everyone else that they've got on TV now that claims to be a journalist as well, is while you were covering the games, you were betting on them. You were a gambler. So you understood what a gambler wants to see, what a gambler wants to hear, and what a gambler wants to talk about. And when you speak about the games uh, to a gambler, it's nirvana because they're hearing themselves speak in a sense. They're hearing another gambler who understands gambling break down a game. Me the same. I was a bookmaker. I'm now you know in the in the handicapping business, both sides of the fence. I also bring a gambling perspective, you know, to the analysis and to the overall sense and feel of what we're doing here week in and week out as we try to break down these games and more importantly than that, relate and connect to the gamblers on the other side. And that is the issue that I wanted to bring up because, you know, there was a time and we've got to go back probably about eight, nine years Uh, That's when we ended it. But there was almost a decade where we were on FoxSports.com and we were the most watched NFL pregame show on FoxSports.com for that decade long period, even though our show didn't debut until Friday nights. And even though Fox had, oh, probably 20 to 30 of their own produced shows with athletes, with coaches, with their own experts, and we floored them in terms of viewership. And those shows were up on Tuesdays and Wednesdays because we spoke the language of gambling. We talked about gambling the way gamblers wanted to be spoken to, and we could relate to gamblers. It's what we have done. Nowadays, however, especially in the last four or five years, 
There are zillions of shows out there. Listen, you want to have people rain on you, you know which sports book show you can go watch. You want to have clowns entertaining you like you're going to the circus, go sit at a bar and watch their show. You know exactly which one I'm talking about. And the problem is most of those shows, they're meaningless because what is their sole intent? And we've talked about this before. It's not really the information they're conveying to you because they don't really care whether you win or lose like we do. They're really just information shows and infomercials meant and designed to drive traffic to their sports books. Yeah, well, networks like everything in a neat box and they love formulas and they want to just put their formula in and then go to sleep and forget about it. And it works on the news and it works on entertainment shows, but it doesn't work for sports gambling. And you've said it a lot often. You have the hot blonde, the journalist and the ex-athlete sitting around the table between the three of them. They've never made one bet in their whole life. And how are they supposed to relate to a gambler on the other side? They just can't. When we uh, uh, ran the roost over at, at foxsports.com, uh, you know, it wasn't because of our good looks. It wasn't because, you know, they were actually hard, hard to believe. They were better looking people out there than us. I know that's hard <laughs> to believe. Take a deep breath. It's hard. But we spoke to gamblers the way they wanted to be spoken to in a language that they understood. And that only created more separation between us and the other shows. And eventually, I think, you know, we had to walk away from that show because there was egg on the faces of all the in-house shows that were on that couldn't drum up the audience while our choice was out there. No, you're 100% right, because it, there was a time when we were doing 80, 90,000 views and their in-house shows were doing a couple of thousand to 10,000. And it looked bad, especially since we were being launched on Friday nights and their shows were up on Tuesday mornings. But hey, listen, in this politically correct world that we were here, I just want to clarify one thing that you said about shows nowadays that usually have the ex-jock, have the former, the journalist and the hot blonde. We have nothing against hot blondes. We don't care if they're hot brunettes, hot redheads, or hot blondes. It really doesn't matter. So we just wanted to make sure in this PC world that we don't discriminate. And I was going to say one out of three isn't bad. I keep the hot blondes and then put me and you in there and we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold on. You didn't like I mean, you know, okay, I didn't dye my beard today. You know, I ran out of Just for Men because they're not sponsoring the show like they should have. But, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, I got a little bit of red, a little in the brunette here going. But anyway, listen, guys, maybe you can tell I'm kind of in a pissed off mood today, but I'm awake. So let's get to the first game here on the board. I will tell you this. This is something also interesting. People always talk about, oh, you know, bet the dogs, bet the dogs, bet the dogs. Okay, I will tell you that here we are, week 13 of the NFL season. Underdogs are 19 games over 500, which means home favorites are eight games under 500. Road favorites are 11 games under uh, 500. Uh, by the way, 180 games have been played going into this weekend. 19 underdogs are over 500. You have a 19-game spread with 180 games being played. Now, guys, I did not go to MIT. I went to Temple University, but I can even tell you with my Temple University education, with my double major, uh, with a business and journalism background, that it means absolutely nothing. 19 games. We're talking about a margin that's thinner than a piece of cheese that you got sliced at the deli. It's nothing, Steve. Yeah, it's a 10% margin, and you can't win with that. And listen, if you bet all dogs or you bet all favorites, none of those systems work. 
If there was a system that worked, we'd be out of business. The truth is, is that what we, me and you uh, implement is, is the surround and pound. You look for that one game on the board and trust your gut. Being in this business as long as we have, there's always going to be that game that pops out and says this is the one. Then you go back and do the studying and you figure out if you can justify it. But initially it starts with a gut reaction. Whether it's a favorite, you know, that's a little cheap or whether it's an underdog that's getting too many points or a wrong line in your estimation. Because remember, the line is just meant to mirror public perception. And public perception is never right. It's right, you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. But normally public perception is what it is. It's just perception. So when your perception is different than the public, that's when that game should pop out at you. That's the game you should bet, whether it's a favorite or an underdog. And Steve, let me just point out something or let me get you to explain something, because I think a lot of people watching this show, even guys that gamble, don't get this. And by the way, FYI, if you haven't yet subscribed to the channel and you want to be entertained and amused and also learn how to win money, do so right now. It's down there in the bottom of the corner. Subscribe now so you don't miss another episode of this show and the daily video reports I do as well over at thesportsadvisors.com. All you got to do is click down the corner and subscribe now. Steve, the line. People say, the line is telling me something. The people say, uh, the sports books have set this price to try to get you to bet on one side or the other. But you, a guy who, former bookmaker, son of a bookmaker, a guy who has been, has grown up in the industry from your teenage years, and created the offshore sportsbook industry, truly explain, I think in a way, and you've always said it in such a common sense, plain English way, the true essence of what the line means. Because I think a lot of people, even though they gamble every day, don't understand that the odds makers aren't trying to tell you something with the line. The line is a number. Absolutely. And the biggest misconception, Al, is that every bookmaker has some type of statistician and mathematician in the back office figuring out these lines, right? But it, all the line is, is a marketplace. It's no different than a t-shirt that they sell for $7. If they think they can get $7.50 for that t-shirt without affecting sales, they're moving the price to $7.50. If they can't sell a t-shirt at $7, they're moving it down to $6 or $6.50. And that is the same thing that happens in the sports betting business. All the line is, is a mirror of public perception. It's what you would make that line as a gambler so that when a gambler looks at that line, it creates indecision. And they say, wow, that's the line that I would make and I don't know which way to go here. And in that indecision, you get action on both sides and the VIG starts to help the bookmakers out in a bigger way. And for me, the easiest way to explain it is you could start every game at Pick'em on Sunday night when the line comes out for the following week. And if every time somebody bet, you move the line in the direction that they bet, by the time Sunday came around the following Sunday, which is when the games of most games are being bet, you'd have the right line. And the right line doesn't mean accurately predicting the final score. It means accurately predicting what the gambler thinks that line should be so that when he looks at it, he goes, hmm. That hmm is what they're trying to accomplish, not the one game out of 16 that lands right on the number and everybody goes, these bookmakers, they know everything. What about the other 15 games that was nowhere near the number? So that's how it works. That I, That is the per... I, and I hope you guys... Back up, 
play that little segment for 90 seconds again and listen to what Steve has told you because he has basically been singing that little refrain for the last 20 years every time I've asked him that question. But yet I continually hear guys say, mistakenly, the odds makers are trying to tell me something. Yeah, they're, they're trying to tell you something. It's like, spend some more money, spend some more money. I just, it just blows my mind. Or, or like you said, Steve, it's like, these guys know something. They, I don't know. What do they know? I, I mean, every, every time a game comes. They know that if they charge you 11 to 10 when you lose and pay you even money when you win at the end of the year, they're in a good business. That's what they know. Oh, crazy stuff. Okay, listen, guys, I hope this, you know, this, and this is the difference. This is why, Steve and I, this is why we had the number one rated show on FoxSports.com for all those years, because unlike the girl that knows nothing that's eye candy, Unlike the ex-jock who most of these guys know nothing, and unlike the paid journalist who really has come late to the dance, they don't understand gambling like we do because we've been doing this all our lives. And that doesn't necessarily mean we win all the time because, again, anybody who claims they win all the time, they're the same guys, (laughs) honest to God. When they tell you the sky is blue, make sure you look up twice to double check and confirm that. Uh, First game we are going to take a look at is going to be Minnesota minus three at home against the New York Jets. Jets made the big change at quarterback last week, and it certainly paid dividends, Steve. So far, so good. I mean, inconsistent Zach Wilson's out and gunslinger Mike White is in. And man, he was a one man show versus the Bears last week. 315 yards, three touchdowns, uh, but it was against the Bears. So read that fine print. It was the Bears. Uh, Now, also remember, uh, White did the same thing last season in his first start against the Bengals. He passed for an insane 405 yards, four touchdowns in that shocking win over Cincy. But then the next two games, he played horrible and he was benched never to return again. Um, But I must say, Al, you know, and I'm an ex-Jet fan. You know, I went to Jet, uh, Jets Anonymous back 10 years ago and got off of that. But I am drinking the white Kool-Aid and I do think this kid is ready now um and and i and i gotta say the feeling that i have it's probably shared by a lot of gamblers out there because this line looks cheap for a minnesota team that on paper is heads and tails better than new york um i will say the jets have been a true road warrior this season both straight up and versus the spread they're only straight up and spread loss on the road was at new england where they always lose uh to the patriots and that was actually a close game and look if white can continue his act for another week the game's going to come down to the wire like most Minnesota games do Uh, and when games are close I always say take the points so without thinking too much I'm going to take the points with the Jets and I'm not going to take any chances I'm going to buy an extra half a point especially now at the end of a season when I've got some bankroll because we've been doing well this season and it really doesn't cost me much to do it I'm uh, uh, going to take a half a point extra take that three and a half points with the Jets and hope for the best. So that Jets Anonymous meeting, I, I'm assuming like it's led by like Mark Sanchez and Chad oh, Pennington and the Al Woods, <laughs> <laughs> all, all former Jets quarterbacks that never panned out. That's yeah, who right. leads the meetings at the beginning. They get the invitation, I guess. Yeah, but uh, right. OK, listen, I'm going to go the other side only because uh, for the reasons you said that I, uh, Mike White last week, last year was a flash in the pan and he had a great game. And as you said. It came against the Bears. 
I don't know if I have to say too much more. I, I like the Vikings at home. I like the way that they bounce back from that uh, debacle against Dallas. And I say that because it just sounded so good saying debacle against Dallas. It just, it had a little alliteration in there, but uh, they bounce back with a 33-26 win over the Patriots. Now, their defense certainly concerns me because the defense was awful against Dallas, 458 yards allowed. And Dak Prescott in that game was 22 for 25 with 276 yards and two touchdowns. And then last week, a New England Patriots offense that looked really bad all season long. Suddenly, Mac Jones, a career high 382 yards and two touchdowns and defense gave up 409 yards. Uh, maybe Mike White does it again, but the cheap price is what tempts me with Minnesota. So I will take Minnesota, a team that's on an eight and one roll and has only lost once at once at home or maybe twice. I can't remember now after the Dallas debacle, but I'm going to go with them and buy down the half point. I just don't think a one-dimensional Jets team that really doesn't have much of a ground game ever since they lost the rookie uh, Hall to the knee injury a few weeks, about a month ago now. And I'll go with Minnesota and buy down that half point and take Minnesota minus two and a half, but not a game that I'm particularly enthralled with. Uh, the next game, I think, however, is one of the more interesting games on the board. San Francisco minus four at home against Miami. Now, the Dolphins were my best bet last week uh, when they took on Houston. Uh, I took Miami. They were a double-digit chalk, the second biggest favorite last week on the board. I had no qualms about taking them. I looked like a genius in the first half. I had to sweat that game out laying two touchdowns because then they only managed to hold on for the 15-point victory against the Houston Texans. But different story here now that they're on the road. Yeah, and, and I live in Miami, Alan. I'm trying to stay unaffected by all the dolphin fever around me here in Miami. Dolphins are pumped up, and for good reason. Uh, the question in this game is, can the Dolphins become the first team to score in the second half against the Niners since week seven. This is a San Francisco team that's pitched four straight second-half shutouts, and that being said, you know, Tua has got the talent and he's got the arsenal to do it, um, but also I wouldn't underestimate a Dolphin defense that's much better than the stats would leave you to believe. Um, with all of that, I still find it hard to bet on Miami in this one. San Francisco's really good at home. If this was Sun City, you know, I'd give the Dolphins a chance, but at home, I'm going to lay the points with San Francisco. I'm with you, too, because as much as I love the Dolphins last week is how much I love San Francisco this week. Now, I will grant you that San Francisco's uh, prowess defensively is impressive. But then again, they beat the Rams, the Chargers, the Saints and uh, uh, Rams, Chargers, Saints and Cardinals, uh, four teams that are combined 17 and 29. And they certainly looked listless, which is a tough phrase to say any way, any way you put it in one sentence in that 13 nothing win over the Saints this past Sunday. But I will give them a mulligan because they had a short week coming off the Monday night win in Mexico City. So maybe the traveling and the short week combined to that give them that performance. But the one thing that I liked about Miami last week at home against Houston is because they were at home. And that Miami defense it's night and day. A defense at home that's giving up about 15 points a game on the road is giving up 32.8 points. And even though Miami, the offense has been great, uh, only team in the NFL this year to score 30 or more points in four straight games. And the Dolphins have won five in a row, but they've been in the Steelers, 
the Lions, the Bears, the Browns, and the Texans. Those five teams are combined 16-39-1. You're talking about going from the bottom of the NFL to the upper echelon now, taking on the 49ers. And their defense is for real. They being the 49ers, as you said, the four straight second-half shutouts. And I think a significant injury you have to be aware of here is that the Dolphins' starting left tackle, uh, Taron Armstrong, uh, Armstead, who's been in now the uh, lineup all season long because of a toe injury, suffered a pec injury in the second quarter against the Texans. Two was sacked four times in that game. If he's out any considerable time, that 49ers defensive line, it could be a long day for uh, the Dolphins quarterback. So I'm going to go with the 49ers and buy down the half point at them at minus four. They're four and one straight up and against the spread at home this season. In fact, I think they've covered eight of their last nine going back to last year. So I'm with you. I'm going to go with San Francisco. And I think that a lot of people that were buying into Miami, they may buy into Miami again here and I'll go against them and go the other way, which leads us to the big game, Kansas City. Are you surprised the Chiefs are a two-point road favorite in this double revenge rematch against the Bengals? I'm not. You know, I'm big on the Chiefs. I think that, you know, they they get hot right at the right time. They can right a lot of wrongs and solve a lot of sins that they had throughout the season. And all of a sudden, as other teams are dropping off, because this has been a season, Al, where the one thing you can't do is fall in love with your favorite team because they will let you down. And we've seen that happen time and time again with teams that through week six look to be really good. And then all of a sudden we're missing in action. Um, I think Cincinnati beat one of those teams, the Tennessee Titans, last week. I think they're overrated. I don't think that's a real big deal. And they um, they also knocked the Chiefs out of the Super Bowl last year. And I don't think KC has forgotten that. Now, it's also true that Kansas City also beat a nobody last week with the Rams so they don't get any bonus points for that either so I think this is a good line to get back to your question I think it's the right line if you believe this is the same Bengals team from last year that all of a sudden has woke up from a coma then bet them and bet them hard I don't I'm going to take the Chiefs minus the two and a half it's a difficult game I you know I I've always said that there's nothing wrong with admitting when you're handicapping a game that you don't know which way to go. I've also said, and I have a video about it on our home site in the video vault, that marquee games are often the hardest ones to handicap and wager on, that often it's better just to watch them on TV. And that's what I'm going to do with this game. I watched what happened last year. The Bengals rallied for the 34-31 game in the regular season, and Burrow was just amazing. 30 for 39, 466 yards, four touchdowns. Jamar Chase had 11 of those receptions for 266 yards. And then in the AFC title game, it was the Bengals, of course, earning the trip to the Super Bowl with the 27-24 win in overtime as they rallied from 18 down, as everybody remembers at Bet on Kansas City, to force overtime and then winning it in the extra session. Now, Jamar Chase has been out with a hip injury. He did practice starting last week. He did not play in the Tennessee game. They hope he will be back this week. Joe Mixon didn't play last week against Tennessee. They're running back, uh, still in concussion protocol as we record this on Wednesday morning. I do worry that Kansas City is a one-dimensional offense. I have to be honest, I always love taking the Chiefs, but the Chiefs have just been a cash burner all season, where you have the Bengals, who along with the Titans and the New York Giants 
are the three best teams in the NFL against the spread this year at eight and three versus the odds makers. So I don't know. I mean, the Bengals have just been on a, quite a good roll, but uh, you know, what, what can I tell you? I, I don't know which way to go here. Uh, Bengals have actually covered 16 of 19 since last year, 16 out of 19. Forget about all those other trends we joked about at the beginning of the season. That's a moneymaker. So although my heart says Kansas City, I, I have no opinion on the game. I'll, I would much rather go to the next game and talk about the uh, Sunday night game between Dallas and Indianapolis. Not a good matchup, but I think it offers a tremendous betting opportunity, even though the Cowboys are an 11-point favorite here. And listen, you know, I'm one of these believers that Dallas is not as good as their fans would like to believe that they are. But I'm I'm sick of getting, you know, into arguments with Cowboy fans. Uh, but but one thing we can all agree on, Cowboy fans and, and everyone, is that Indy is horrible. In fact, the only thing that's consistent about Indy is their offensive inconsistency. Uh, look, they're tied for 30th in scoring. They were flat out ugly in the first half last week. Zero yards of offense in the first quarter. And that's the second time they've done that this season. Uh, meanwhile, Dallas may not be elite, but their season is back on track. They do have a problem covering the spread, though, and that needs to be taken into consideration. Um, it's a big spread for a team that's going to focus on the run, uh, as, as they've been doing lately, versus a team in Indy that really isn't great at scoring. So I'm going to take the under here. I'm going to go under the posted total. Interesting. Yeah, 43 and a half, 44 points. I can certainly see that because for Indianapolis to thrive, they've got to get Jonathan Taylor going and have that ball control offense, especially since Matt Ryan doesn't have a, a plethora of talented wide receivers and he can't go deep any longer. And he's going to be in tremendous pressure in the pocket with Michael Parsons and uh, Demarcus Lawrence coming through that offensive line, which has been porous all season for Indianapolis. So that's an interesting way to look at it. And you're right. The key to the Cowboys' success this year has been running the ball, especially with Tony Pollard pretty much taking over the number one spot most of the season because Zeke Elliott has been in and out. But I would go with Dallas and just lay the points sight unseen. I was disappointed with them on Thanksgiving. I didn't use them. Minnesota was my best bet on Thanksgiving against New England. But I think a lot of people were on the Cowboys thinking that they would just roll big against the Giants listless performance in the first half got it going in the second half but as a double digit favorite they only won 28 to 20 I've got to think that they are going to come out with a more focused effort they have the advantage of having a couple of extra days prep meanwhile Indianapolis I always believe in total transparency I tell you how it is everybody at the site was on the Colts that had to play on the Monday night game damned if I know why Oh, yeah, probably because they were playing the Steelers, who were equally as bad. But it came right down to the wire, and the Steelers won outright. But you have an Indianapolis team on a short week, now on the road, against a Cowboys team that has the benefit of the extra prep time. I think that plays into the Dallas Cowboys' advantage. So I can see the under, but I would rather go ahead and lay the 11 points because I think Dallas could win this one easily by 17 to maybe even 21 points in a big time blowout. It might be the easiest game on Sunday. We shall see. That's what makes it horse racing. And listen, guys, before we go, we might as well tell you because as Steve always likes to say, if you haven't done it by now, what the hell is wrong with you? But the one day free all access pass is available. The normal price on Sunday is $109. You get it for free. 
and you'll get all the plays of all the handicappers, no strings attached at thesportsadvisors.com for free. And it's the best value in the industry, bar none. Yeah, no one else does it. We bring you into Oz. We take you behind the curtain so you can see how the wizard runs everything. And that's what we do for for gamblers that have never bought a pick from us. Hard to believe. Here we are, you know, and no one's bought a pick from us yet. But I think that there are still some out there that may have just been turned on to the show in the last week or two. Take advantage of it. See what paying gamblers get from our site. We're confident that you'll love it. That's why we give it away for free one time so you can see every single pick, all the premium plays, everything that people pay for. We believe it'll help you this week and give you an idea of what you should be doing going forward. And guys, you get to pick the day. If you don't want it on Sunday, you can choose championships Saturday if you'd like. And depending on the day you make the choice, you often get a bonus day as well, a two-for-one freebie. Check it out, the all-access pass over at thesportsadvisors.com. Well, that'll do it for this week's show. For Steve Budin, I'm Al DeMarco, and we will catch you next week with another edition here of the Countdown to Kickoff. Fuck everybody. Everybody.